Steve Hunt, a reverse, Marshall throwing it back, and it's caught for the touchdown! The Orlando special! That screen pass again. And it's work. picked off. Garvin down the sideline. Will it be a pick six? You betcha. Touchdown, Orlando. Three Point Stance Magazine proudly presents Flip Off. Dedicated entirely to the Alliance of American Football. Come and catch it this time. One week is in the books in the AAF. And what do we have? We'll discuss it. And, uh, that and our projections for the league as a whole on this episode of Flip Off here on Three Point Stance Magazine. He's Justin Day. I am Brandon Rush. Four games in the rearview mirror. Um, some interesting things. Uh, I wrote an article on uh, 3psmag.com, Justin, about uh, my impressions uh, after the game Saturday night. And even between Saturday night and, and Sunday night, there were uh, upgrades not only on the website but in the app, but also, I think, in, in some of the gameplay. Uh, first of all, what was your reaction to the to the weekend as a whole? I was very excited as the weekend started, and I thought, you know, from the from the very first kickoff, I thought it was good football, which is what we talked about. It was good quality football. Very much reminded me of watching like high level college football. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell that some of these guys just weren't ready. You could tell receivers were dropping balls that you know good receivers catch and stuff like that. But as a whole, I thought it was solid football. I thought for the most part, besides you know two games, they were mostly competitive and. Yeah, I thought the officiating was incredible for the most part, and I think this is – it was a really good week one to sum it up. It was a really good week one with very little hiccups, and I think when we get into like week four and week five and really get into the middle of the season, this is going to be a league that's very viable was my was my first impression. I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. you know, uh, going through um, some advancements that, they, that they've tried to roll out, um, I, was, I was impressed by – uh, a lot of the products uh, from from top to bottom. Um, uh, you can find my article, the first impressions article on 3psmag.com. Um, you know, they, they go in with a with a national audience. And, and, and at first, I didn't really understand, you know, why are they having two games on at the same time where and depending on what part of the country you're in, you're getting one game or the other. But I texted you immediately. I was so pissed because I, I I understood it as they were going to be two separate time slots. Right. And I was like, man, I wanted to watch both of right. them. So I, I had uh, based on where where I live, I got I thought I was going to get Atlanta, Orlando until I looked at a map. Uh, that I had found online that showed kind of where the split was, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm not. I'm getting San Antonio and San Diego, which is fine." Uh, but it's a better sh- game. I yeah, and <laughs> but I ended up streaming the other game on my computer, and the stream was fantastic. Um, okay. The only issues I had were like with my Wi-Fi in my house, uh, you know, actually carrying it. Um, but for for the very first weekend, I thought that the that the AAF was leaps and bounds ahead of every other new league or new thing that we've seen in the last three decades. Um, the game the pace of play was phenomenal, by the way. Yes. I don't know if we're going to touch on that. I thought the no kickoffs, I didn't recognize it. It just felt like it to me. I mean, it was at first it was kind of like jarring, mm-hmm. but by the time we got to the Memphis Birmingham game, which was like the third game of the week, I was like, this is incredible. I didn't like, miss I don't it. have to watch these stupid kickoffs. Like immediately after someone scored, the other team got the ball. There was like one or two commercials in between. And I was like, this is incredible. I want the NFL to do this. I didn't, I didn't miss kickoffs. The kickoffs. I didn't miss them at all. No, not for a second. I mean, to imme- it was like immediate action. It was like, okay, an offensive play occurs. Yep. We go for the two points. Boom, an offensive play occurs. And yep. I was like, this is phenomenal. And it, because 
the way that the rules are now in the NFL, they're kicking him out of the end zone anyway. Like, what's right, the point? It's right. a wasted five seconds of my life that goes to a commercial right afterwards. Yeah, you get in the NFL, you get touchdown, commercial, or you get touchdown, extra point. Well, okay, you get touchdown, review, extra point, yeah. commercial, commercial, kickoff, commercial, commercial, and then we come back to to play. Um, so that was, I mean, and that easily erased six minutes off of oh. a normal game time per score. Um, Let's say per score. So you're talking. I, I felt like these games were like 25 minutes shorter. Easily, like if, maybe if not, not a full half not hour, more. but like it was noticeable. Like I was like, damn, it's already the third quarter. Sweet, right. or the end of the third quarter. Right. This is awesome. And, and it was it was a fun game. Um, you know, there was there were a, a, a lot of interesting uh, things that, that the two point conversion. Fun game. What's that? So speak for yourself. I thought it was a fun game until my team played, and I realized I'm rooting for the worst <laughs> team in the league. So. Hey, you know what? <laughs> You may not be the worst. That that's that's the good news. Um, the only team that didn't score, damn it. <laughs> good news is it's only uphill from here. Um, what didn't you like uh, from what you saw in week one? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, just overall, I think there were times, like I said, there were so many plays where it was like, oh, that was a catch, and then they went to review, and it was like, how did he? How did you not catch that? So it's going to be getting used to that, reminding yourself, hey, this is like high level college football. Let's not get you know ahead of ourselves. This is a, de- a developmental league. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, just I thought for the most part it looked professional, but at times like the referees just looked lost sometimes. There were just moments, you know, I liked the replay official, but, you know, there was just certain things that kind of felt amateur, but at the same time it's week one. And and it's way better than you've ever seen from any sort of developmental league up to this point. So there was really not many negatives for me. I mean, obviously there was going to – you have to remind yourself this isn't, you know, mostly professional football. It is, but it's not the NFL. So you have to remind yourself that these players are still learning and the offensive line play was awful because they haven't really had enough reps. And so that was kind of frustrating. But for the most part, in terms of what they could control from – Sort of a broadcast perspective, I enjoyed the whole thing. Absolutely, I thought the uh, the CBS crews um, on on all the platforms, whether it was the Bravo online stream, Tiki Barber, by the way, he was a lot better than I had given him credit. And I'm not a Tiki guy; I could not stand him when he, he played. played for the Bucks. I don't like him either, but I mean, bravo to him; he was phenomenal. Yeah, Ron, Ronde played he, for the Bucks. Tiki played for the Giants. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Tiki played for the Giants. His brother played for the Bucks, and I, I can't stand him. But Tiki. Did I thought I was like, man, Tiki Barber's on this. I've heard him before. He's awful. And I was kind of finding myself like, okay, Tiki, okay, I could deal with right. you some more. I hear what you're talking about. My uh, my biggest complaints were uh, more um, on the media side of things. Um, from a fan perspective, I'm, it, right. was, it, was, yeah. it was great. But for someone who runs a football website and needs to write about and, and talk about what I saw, um, not having live stats like on the website or even in the app. Um, seemed criminal. Like, how do you not have that? Um, And I understand that, you know, there's things that are, that have to be ironed out and there's certain things that you don't know until you're in the midst of it. And then tell you, and then you look at it and go, crap, how did we not do this? Um, the, and uh, I was trying to play that predictor game mm-hmm, in the app, mm-hmm. and it was like way ahead of my TV. It was. Like, I would know it to was. play. I was like, "This, I'm not playing this anymore." It was, uh, <laughs> and, and and I tried playing it on Saturday, and it wouldn't. I couldn't pick plays. I couldn't pick them at all. Um, then they pushed out an update either Saturday night or Sunday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I downloaded that update, and then on in the Sunday afternoon and evening games, I was able to actually go in there and be like, "Run, pass, left, right, first down, touchdown, whatever." Um, so that was that was nice. Uh, but yeah, it is so far ahead of the broadcast that unless you're at the game, you're not getting it's, that real time experience. Yeah. yeah. So there needs to yeah. be, I don't know if they need to, cause at that point, I don't know how many people are going to be at the game or going to be playing it on their phone. Um, Zero. <laughs> I, you would think, um, maybe but like a kid maybe or something. Right. But um, 
if you're watching at home, like I, I was watching the, the little player things move around on my phone. And then like, so they'd run a first down, a first down play, see a little run to the left side. And all of a sudden it's second and seven. And then I would look up at the TV and they were just then breaking the huddle for the first down play. So yeah, it, was, it was a good like eight seconds behind. I, I think it was more than that. Uh, and, and if you were watching the the stream of the game um, online, uh, especially like the Orlando game, it was like 90 seconds ahead of, of the stream. Really? So I didn't even I didn't That's even nuts. I mean, I shut the, the, the phone down and was you know just kind of bouncing back and forth. But uh, that that was a, an annoyance more than anything else. But not having box scores uh, on the on the on your website after the game, I thought was was criminal. Um, not having live stats was is a spoiled thing. You know, I mean, having grown up, you know, in the, in a digital age, you know, being able to look up and see, oh, he has seventy four rushing yards already. I'm not trying to go buy a newspaper the next day. <laughs> um, I was also a little stunned that there was no uh, like live stream on the on the websites or on a Periscope or a Facebook Live, as I would have loved to have seen Steve Spurrier's post game press conference live. Instead of having to wait till yes, someone posted it yes, to YouTube, that bothered me too. Uh, it was right. just That's just little little annoyances. Overall, I gave it a, a seven out of ten. I originally had it on an eight out of ten on uh, when I was you know just kind of rehashing games uh, on the um, on Twitter as the night ended. But after seeing the the lack of uh, readily inform- uh, readily available information after the game, I bumped it down to a seven to ten. I'll be honest though, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I, I'm all in on this league as much as I am on on professional, you know, the NFL and and, and college game. Um, and, I, and I don't think I think the product was good enough that diehards aren't going to be walking away. But with a few little tweaks here and there, I'm I'm pretty confident that the casual fan is going to be able to stick around. You know, I we I alluded to last week, sort of wanting to get a fantasy league going, and that's still a a, a, a nuisance for me, being a guy who loves fantasy football. I've got to figure something out. It was like a website, but it's like awful. I, I found and without the live stats, it's like impossible for that guy to like right. put them in simultaneously. But we actually, some friends of mine, I started like a group chat just entitled AAF, and we're all massive NFL fans, and or and I, I knew I would be watching it for this show, and because I wanted some football, and ev- every game, texting each other, talking about it. I mean, they. They did very well for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I was worried about, you know, just in my little bubble, people kind of falling off during the games. And right. before I could even text about Mike Berkovici getting his head took off, <laughs> everyone was texting me like, dude, did you right, see that? And right. I'm like, dang, you guys are watching this. This is awesome. And then as the weekend went on, people were saying, Memphis is garbage and yep. like the same people. And I'm like, okay, they're they're on to something or, here. Yep. And like you said, with a few minor tweaks, tighten, tighten some screws up here and there, they're going to win over a lot of people. Uh, well, quick rundown of the uh, of the week. Uh, so San Diego and, and uh, San Antonio, a 15 to six win for the commanders in their home opener. All the home teams won, uh, which was uh, which was interesting. It could be a fluke, could be a, a trend. We'll see. That was um, probably the best game of the week and it kicked it off. It, it was uh, it was entertaining. I would have liked to seen more offense early, uh, but I, maybe I'm just expecting too much out of week one. You know, the players aren't. Uh, you know, there's th- that familiarity isn't there. So it, it, I, I can't mark up too many negatives to that. Um, but all in all, a, a fairly entertaining game. Uh, Logan Woodside um, had, a, had a nice game. You and I are both very high on Woodside uh, mm-hmm. as, as a player in this league. Him and Mikhail McKay. They looked it, phenomenal. Had, it immediately had a connection. Mm-hmm. Greg Ward had a nice catch down the side. And Alonzo Moore had, had, some, uh, had some good plays. Um, what were your overall impressions quickly of each of these teams after week one? Right. San Diego sort of was what I thought they were. Like, I don't – I think they, they played ab- above their head in that game. But I think if we were to go back and look at the power rankings, I'd probably flip, mm-hmm. you know, 
Memphis to seven and San Antonio to two. I think San Antonio, if they let Logan Woodside mature with these, with Mikel McKay and Greg Ward, they're going to be really tough because that defense is stout and they're going to be tough to stop. And I think they're an early favorite in this league. We're going to talk uh, some commanders and some uh, AAF here in a moment with Cole Thompson, uh, writer for the uh, for AAF uh, San Antonio, and uh, get his take on what we saw in the Alamo Dome on Saturday night. The other game simultaneous to that one, Orlando absolutely thumped Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta actually got on the board first. Uh, Young Ho Koo becomes the first becomes a, a trivia question uh, answer. You know, be who the, scored the first points in AAF history. Um, from there, uh, Orlando went on a forty to three run. Uh, Orlando uh, Atlanta's booty. They are not good right now. Why do you start Matt Sims? I even <laughs> said in the first episode, I hate all the Sims. Why you have Aaron Murray? Like he he Matt Sims doesn't belong unless he has a con- AAF, unless he had right? a concussion or something silly like but he that. Played. Yeah, he yeah, I don't, I don't know. So there's there's obviously some unrest. Michael Vick, uh, we had talked uh, on our debut episode of Flip Off here on Three Point Stance Magazine that Michael Vick was in and out of of the of the team. Uh, I believe it was Friday came out that he has left the team. So he's not even involved as offensive coordinator anymore. So they're kind of picking up some pieces, but they're uh, they're going to stay pretty low on my on my power rankings. Um, Garrett Gilbert is your leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. For AF MVP. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm I, I might be. He threw two touchdowns. I mean, no one else did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You obviously didn't watch the uh, the Arizona Salt Lake game last uh, Sunday night. Well, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, right. if we're gonna if we're gonna call a spade a spade. Let's, yeah, let's, w- w- Wolford was incredible. I forgot all about that game. Yeah, True Detective uh, ruined me after that. I <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's a topic for another show and another day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Birmingham absolutely pantsed Memphis. Um, Moving on, uh, Christian Hackenberg, <laughs> man. I- I'll be I'll be honest though. Going back and watching the game on DVR uh, after seeing it no in one real took time, it open, man. It, and on top of that, like he didn't have much time to set his feet and throw. I can't totally pin that on Hackenberg. At the same time, though. You got to get Zach Stacy more touches, even though I like the three-headed running attack that they've got. But they need they need somebody to get open. They need to find ways to get their players playmakers the ball. Um, but they they didn't have an answer for uh, Jonathan Massaqua or or anything. They they've got issues. Um, I'll tell you what though, uh, I, some uh, some friends were very high on Luis Perez after that he first freaking good two and a half quarters. I was sold. That kid can ball. Yeah, and, and for he a guy ball. who was going to be a prof- who was going to go into uh, be a professional bowler. Didn't play high school football. He can sling it. Yeah, he can. He can ball. I like what you talk about. Zach Stacy's got to get more touches. I don't know what's going on with these depth charts. Like Rajon mm-hmm. Neal wasn't even listed. Mm-hmm. He got in the game. I have no idea what they're doing with these damn depth charts. I, I think it's a it's equal parts um, inexperienced by the media relations crews and the coaches not wanting to show their cards. Maybe, but I'll say this. I want Zach Mettenberger in as an LSU fan. And there were some positives on, on the defensive mm-hmm, side for mm-hmm. Memphis, but they got to figure out offense because when, when Pig Howard is your leading receiver, you're in trouble. That's not a, a, so, a great game plan. A 26 nothing win for, for yeah, the Iron. Garbage. Um, and then uh, the, the nightcap, Arizona hosting Salt Lake. By the way, beautiful uniform-on-uniform uniform game. New yeah, I think Salt Lake has the best looking ones, and Arizona's right there. That, that's that was really good. Uh, John Wolford though uh, looked pretty damn good as well. Four touchdown passes, two hundred seventy five yards uh, passing. Uh, Rashad Ross, hello, five catches, a buck three, two touchdowns. Um, I thought my guy Josh Huff was maybe going to be in the in the mix a little bit more. One but, catch, uh, one catch, one yeah, five targets. Um, yeah. Same with um, Malachi Jones uh, for Atlanta. I thought, I mean, this is a guy who was the Arena League Player of the Year last year 
seven targets, zero catches. That that's that's not good. Um, I couldn't believe Salt Lake. I know late they had to throw, but mm-hmm. you can't get Matt Asiata in the game. I mean, he he had a couple carries early and just didn't really get any traction. Got a, got a, a a little touchdown run, uh, but really when when Josh Woodrum got hurt, that really kind of for, you know forced uh, some perspective there to to make them move the ball in a different route. But uh, Matt Linehan, Linehan did good too. By he the way, did. he did. There was some some solid play. Um, one thing that concerns me, um, and we'll we'll wrap up uh, here in just a moment. Um, you know what? We'll save it. We'll save it because we got uh, we got our guest Cole Thompson coming up here. But uh, the the red zone inefficiency, I have a, I have a a feeling and a solution, and we'll we'll touch on that. Are you we, saying as a whole or just a certain team? Uh, for, as, a, as the league as a whole. Yeah, I thought the league as a whole was booty in the red zone, and there's there's a reason for that, and we'll discuss that when we come back after our guest Cole Thompson here on the flip off on Three Point Stance Magazine. This is the Fat Jack, and February is here. Are you playing the games against the spread? We're coming off a huge football season, and you would think you've got a break here, but the most important time of the year is right now if you want to turn a profit playing the games against the spread. Sign up for the football season now, and you get the best deal of the entire year, the lowest price. You're going to get all the selections. You can pay out the service fee for up to eight months for only $235 a month, and you get the free baseball plays all year long. Those plays turn over 50 games of profit a year some years and it's absolutely free go to fatjacksports.com and make the smart decision that winning players make by signing up now for all of the selections through next year's super bowl that's 1-800-298-1383 or fatjacksports.com of course at the hoops you're going to save even more and make even more money starting today that's fatjacksports.com winning players plan ahead when they're playing the games against the spread at fatjacksports.com Just because football is over doesn't mean that the season has to end. Hello everyone, it's Brandon Rush for Three Point Stance Magazine. Now that the Super Bowl has passed, this is where teams really start to begin towards the next season. With the upcoming NFL Combine, the NFL Draft, team minicamps, and then of course free agency. All that's going to be covered at Three Point Stance Magazine. Check it out at the number 3psmag.com or you can follow us on Twitter at 3psmag. News, insight, stories, and a little bit of hilarity and shenanigans along the way. It's Three Point Stance Magazine, digital magazine issues directly to your tablet, smartphone, or computer for just $1.99 per issue, or sign up for the full season for just $24.99. We'll get you 18 issues of Three Point Stance Magazine. So check out the site, 3psmag.com. That's the number 3psmag.com. Three Point Stance Magazine, tackling news from inside the trenches. All right, welcome back to Flip Off here on Three Point Stance Magazine. He's Justin Day. I am Brandon Rush. Welcoming in very special guest, Cole Thompson, team reporter for the Commanders of San Antonio, at Mr. Cole Thompson on Twitter. Uh, Cole, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. So uh, one week in, um, obviously you were, you were with uh, the Commanders through job training camp and, and everything else. Now that we actually have actual games under our belts, how how did you feel for the league as a whole? How did you feel the, the week one of the AAF win? Well, what I can definitely say is that no matter what you think of the league as a whole and where there are some issues moving forward, 
when you do see that you actually beat the NBA in your very first game in ratings at 3.2 when the NBA only had 2.3 million, that's a very good sign for the league. I think it shows a lot of improvement, and I think it also shows how dominant the sport of football really is overall, especially with the fan base. And no matter what you think of you know, the overall product, so many people have reached out to me and said, what a quality football game. And the biggest thing about this league is that it's not trying to compete with the NFL, mm-hmm. like the USFL or even the XFL in years past. They're trying to actually complement the league as much as possible. Bill Bullion, our uh, CEO and pretty much co-founder and commissioner, in a sense, have come out and said multiple times, this is going to be a developmental league for a lot of these players. A lot of these guys were maybe not 100% ready for the NFL when the draft time came around. Now they will actually have a chance to kind of grow and develop under very big-name coaches and very big-name player personnel who know the game of football and exactly what these people want at the next level. So I think it was a great turnout this weekend, and there's definitely going to be a lot more moving forward with the overall parts. And I think every team right now still has a very good chance of winning that championship. We, uh, we're both kind of big fans of uh, Logan Woodside and what he was able to do in, in college. Uh, in his first game as as a professional, uh, some highlights, couple picks, but uh, but all in all, what were your overall first impressions of uh, of Logan Woodside inside the Alamo Dome? Well, what I can tell you from a, just a fan perspective is, you know what, he's he's a very good quarterback overall. He's a very savvy quarterback that has the ability to continue plays and keep offensive drives moving. From a player personnel perspective, I thought he had a lot of room for improvement, but he did have some incredible throws including a 46-yard throw to Alonzo Moore to set up for that three-yard touchdown by Kenneth Farrell, as well as that big 37-yard game by Greg Ward Jr. The problem with Woodside's overall game that game was his consistency. You did mention that he did throw two interceptions, including one in the red zone. But when you look at the arm strength and you look at the accuracy that he was able to produce going 18-36, to there's definitely room for him to be able to grow in this league. I think he is one of those players this league was meant for, and I do think that he had an overall very strong opening game when you look at the numbers. If he would throw a touchdown, he probably would have been one of the better quarterbacks to watch for. I'm very excited to see what he can do moving forward, as well as all three of our quarterbacks, including Dustin Vaughn and Marquise Williams, if either of them do get a chance to play against the Apollo this upcoming weekend. Yeah, this is Justin here. I thought him and Mikel McKay looked absolutely um, they had some good chemistry going. Just from a perspective of what the crowd was like, you know, not being at the stadium, it, that from the opening kickoff, not really a kickoff, obviously, a flip-off, that looked like that crowd was into that game from start to finish. Can you speak on what, what it was like to be to be there with that team? Well, I can tell you right now, as someone who has been covering football for the last five years, including at the NFL level, to be able to say that you're, you're part of history, not just at the Alamo Dome, but in football altogether with the Alliance, it's going to be nothing short of a miracle of, of a memory I will have until I am out there in age and on, you know, at the end of my life. It's something that is hard to explain because of it's never happened before. But the fan base there was incredible. Over 28,000 people filled that Alamo, uh, filled the Alamo Dome on Saturday night supporting their commanders and were excited about football returning to the Alamo City. This is going to be a league that is going to take some time to really build that fan base. But I can tell you this much, San Antonio's fan base is here and it's only going to continue to grow in the future. Yeah, and they hadn't had football since my Saints were there with with uh, Hurricane Katrina, and you could just tell that that was a city that was ready, ready for some more football, and they showed out in force, and that was just something that I took, you know, just watching it on TV. I was like, man, those those guys are rowdy. They were ready for some football to be played, and they showed out. 
Oh, definitely. Having a fan base that's automatically ready and willing to support a team, even though they've already seen six teams in the same situation go through this kind of similar pattern, start off strong, and then at the very end, maybe not see the big fan base to where the league will hold. They were very excited, very involved, and very ready to see the commanders play. And that those numbers are only going to continue to grow, I think, over the upcoming weeks, especially if the, if the team continues to play the way they have. They are a defensive-dominant team. I did not see a better team's performance overall on defense. And as long as that offense can continue to thrive under Coach Riley as well as Matt Troxell, our offensive coordinator, and whoever plays quarterback, Logan, Dustin, Marquise. This is going to be a team to watch out for in year one to possibly take home the championship. Cole Thompson, a team reporter for the San Antonio Commanders of the AAF, joining us here on Flip Off on Three Point Stance Magazine. Uh, Cole, looking forward to this week. Uh, obviously, you have a huge win, a lot of emotions. Now you got to kind of shift gears and realize that, hey, we're in the thick of this now. Orlando comes to town off a big win. Uh, what's your expectations uh, for this game when they, uh, when they face off on Saturday night? You know, I think right now the two biggest things are going to be stopping quarterback Garrett Gilbert and the imaginative play of Steve Spurrier, as well as limiting the wide receiver room overall. Jalen Marshall and Charles Johnson both had very solid games uh, in the passing game as receivers, and they were able to really show great um, great presence and, and more so than anything else, um, dominance over the uh, Atlanta Legends uh, def- uh, defenders. So, Overall, I think that the biggest thing for them right now is going to be making sure that they limit the number of plays that go to those two. If they can limit that and force them to run the ball, I think it's going to be a very good game overall. But most importantly, the commander's secondary looks incredible because of all the NFL former talent that is here right now. So I definitely think it's going to be very hard. But if the offense can pick up and the secondary can play as strong as they've looked, especially against a team like San Diego, this could be a very good win for San Antonio heading into a four-week road trip. That will be uh, something we'll be watching. I said Saturday night. It's actually Sunday uh, afternoon. I had my schedule mixed up. But nonetheless, uh, we will be watching uh, when that game kicks off Sunday afternoon at 4. Cole, we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to uh, speaking with you down the road. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you so much. That is uh, Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson on Twitter. And uh, yeah, even though he's an Alabama guy, we won't hold that against him. Uh, quick timeout. When we come back, we will continue uh, with previews for week two of the AAF. This is Flip Off on Three Points Dance Magazine. Hey, this is the Fat Jack, and February is here. Are you playing the games against the spread? We're coming off a huge football season, and you would think you've got a break here, but the most important time of the year is right now if you want to turn a profit playing the games against the spread. Sign up for the football season now, and you get the best deal of the entire year, the lowest price. You're going to get all the selections. You can pay out the service fee for up to eight months for only $235 a month, and you get the free baseball plays all year long. Those plays turn over 50 games of profit a year some years and it's absolutely free go to fatjacksports.com and make the smart decision that winning players make by signing up now for all of the selections through next year's super bowl that's 1-800-298-1383 or fatjacksports.com of course at the hoops you're going to save even more and make even more money starting today that's fatjacksports.com winning players plan ahead when they're playing the games against the spread at fatjacksports.com
All right, welcome back. It is Flip Off here on Three Point Stance Magazine, wrapping up with Justin Day. I am Brandon Rush. Uh, week one in the books, our preview episode of week number two will be coming uh, here in the next few days. Uh, I, I kind of teased in, the, in that first segment, Justin, that the offenses struggled in the red zone. I have a, I have a, a feeling, and, and when, you, when you talk it out, it kind of makes sense. In the red zone, obviously, you know, the field's compressed. It's, it's wider than it is longer at that point. Um, you have quarterbacks and receivers who aren't on the same page. They don't have a ton of chemistry. They don't know where the other one wants to be yet. And like, they don't know where the quarterback's going to try and place the ball. Quarterbacks don't know where receivers are going to try to be. Um, with the defensive rules that are in place where you can only rush five, they're dropping six to cover five dudes. So it's, it's already compressed. Mm. And all that is is kind of out the window. Which is a weird rule, right? It, it is. I didn't and like I, that rule throughout I, the week. Because there were so many times in those games where like, you could tell the, the even the coaches were like mm-hmm. confused as to what they could do. Could it be, is it six in the box? Can I not rush six? Can I have six in the box? You know what I'm saying? I was confused by the end of the week, and I thought that was the one thing, if I could go back to that first segment, that was the one thing that really confused me on the field was that rule. Right. So because of the, the defensive rules, you know, you can only rush five and you can only rush from two yards uh, lined up outside the tackle box. Um, you know, running a short side corner blitz in the in the, in a in a goal line situation or or like inside the ten is is a, as a defensive coordinator is is a huge get. Like that's that's so a, yeah, you just do that every time. Yeah, but you but you can't do that. So now you've got six guys in in your back in your backfield covering five, and you are of a condensed condensed field. That's already making it that much harder on the on the offense. If I could make one tweak to the actual gameplay, it would be that inside the ten. No defensive restrictions, which would be hard for players and officials and coaches alike to be like, oh, I can do this now. Oh, I can't do this now. You know, but at the same time, I I think to to help scoring, they've they've got to at least maybe look at that as an option or maybe just nix. You know what? I don't like that rule because just get rid of the defensive restrictions altogether. Yeah, just this this is the point to do it. You just be like, you know what? That was the one confusing part of the whole weekend. Let's get rid of that. Maybe, maybe if they go two, three weeks and they and they get you know more data points, they can you know take that under advisement and and, and throw it out the window. I I understand why they do it, um, but I would love. It to makes see- sense, but yeah. I love your point about the red zone. I didn't even think about that. You're literally down a man. Yep. You're literally already at already the field is already like you said condensed, yep. and now they and now they have an extra defender out there. It's like you just run. You would just run. Just cover the flats, and then you have everyone in the middle of the field. What are they going to do? Yep. Like, what are you going to do? Lock you can go man to man on the outside, or and you, then, or you can double team the, the the other team's best receiver. Yeah, you just put two on somebody. That, like, and then Mikkel McKay, just anytime we're in the red zone, two yep. guys on him, bracket coverage him, and then oh, we can just run zona on this side, and we're good. So Incredible. I will say the, the the officiating was better, but I can't believe that even when you when you can actually talk and hear the. The replay official, they still get replay wrong, right? And especially the the one play that that sticks out is the uh, the deep pass that uh, in the in the that uh, clearly hit the ground. Oh yeah, in the in the Birmingham game, that ball clearly hit the ground, and the, and both the official and the replay official were like, "No, we're good." I was like, you "Well, the the official goes, the official literally on the field goes, everyone down, down here hears. thinks that he dropped it. Right. We've already moved yep. the markers. Like, where's the goal? Yep. Like, where did he catch it at? Apparently, and yeah. I was like." And the guy's like, I need a better angle. What the, the angle at the? It's unless he's unless he's not looking at the same angles that we're looking at on TV. 
which would be usually they ha- you would think they have more angles mm-hmm. than the ones anything, on TV. Right. I was so perplexed. I was like, well, we thought we fixed replay officiating <laughs> by us being able to listen to them, but apparently not. It was uh, it was an interesting weekend in the Alliance of American Football, and we'll be back later but this week. Overall, it was great. Overall, it, it was absolutely. Great. Let's I, not let that sour it. Overall, it was a great weekend, and I can't wait for week two, even though my team is boo boo. Yeah, mine mine uh, mine looked all right. Uh, you're undefeated, we'll, baby. Right, hey, yeah. undefeated. Hey, they and they're they're that much closer to exceeding the win total of my NFL team already. So uh, that'll conclude this episode of Flip Off here on Three Point Stance Magazine. We'll be back later this week with an actual with a, a preview of Week Number Two. A lot of good matchups this weekend uh, to uh, to kick around, and uh, we'll also have a guest uh, on that episode as well. Uh, so special thanks to uh, Cole Thompson for swinging by for Justin Day. I am Brandon Rush. We will see you then. This has been the Flip Off on Three Point Stance Magazine. Oh, <laughs>